Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Health Nuts Podcast with certified holistic nutrition consultants Mary Vance and Caitlin Weeks. Our goal is to dispel mainstream nutrition myths and bring you the best in holistic health and real food education. The only purpose of this podcast is to educate and to inform. It is no substitute by a professional care by a medical doctor. This podcast is provided with the understanding that it does not constitute medical advice or services. We encourage you to, to discuss your needs with a licensed healthcare provider. Kayla Weeks and Mary Vance assume no liability for any activities in connection with your podcast. Make sure and look for us on the internet at www.maryvancenc.com and www.grassfedgirl.com. Also on Facebook at Mary Vance Nutrition Consultant and Caitlin Weeks is at Grassfed Girl. So this week we have a lot of new stuff on our blogs and we're really excited to welcome our guest Maria Emmerich who's a holistic low-carb nutritionist in Minnesota. So we'll have her on in just a second. But first we'll tell you what's new on our blogs. Mary has a great post about food allergy testing, whether it's helpful or it's a hoax. And, you know, the bottom line on this is mostly she recommends doing an elimination diet because there can be so many wonky results with um, with food allergy testing. So make sure and check that out and get the full story on whether or not you should do a food allergy test. Also, she's written about how to make Brussels sprouts yummy. We always have these horrible experiences from our childhood with steamed soggy vegetables. So she's made a balsamic reduction and these wonderful Brussels sprouts recipes. So check that out. Caitlin has made a, (laughs) I made a dairy-free ranch that's really popular and has all the flavors of ranch but without the dairy. So check that out. Also pumpkin hummus that's really wonderful and super easy to throw together in just a few seconds that you can take to a party and everyone will love. And I also have a great post on six ways to heal eczema. And, you know, these are things that your doctor may never tell you. Focus, usually their focus is on topical resolution or just masking the problem with creams. And um, so this article helps you get down to the root of the issue and maybe things you would never hear from your doctor. So check that out, six ways to heal eczema. So soon we're going to bring Maria on the line, but I'm just going to read her bio real quick. So Maria Emmerich is a wellness expert in nutrition and exercise physiology. She shares a passion for helping others reach their goals of optimal health. She struggled with her weight throughout childhood and decided enough was enough. She decided to study health and wellness so she could help others stop wasting their time being discouraged with their outward appearance and not feeling their best mentally. Maria understands the connection between food and how it makes us all feel on the inside and out. Her specialty is brain neurotransmitters and how they affect, how they're affected by the foods that we eat. She has authored eight books and co-authored one book with Dr. Briffa, Dr. Steve Parker, and Dr. Andreas Einfeld, and Dr. Sue. Um, She has authored several cookbooks and three nutritional guidebooks, including Secrets to a Healthy Metabolism, which includes a foreword by New York Times bestseller, William Davis. Her latest book, Keto Adapted, includes a foreword by Dr. William Davis and excerpts from Dr. David Perlmutter, author of the New York Times bestselling book, Grain Brain. She has a passion for helping people start healthier lifestyle. Weight loss is often a side effect of helping treat any number of conditions, including diabetes, cholesterol, alopecia, Hashimoto's, autoimmune diseases, and more. Okay, so just to get started, Maria, we have quite a few questions and questions from our Facebook readers, but just explain to us what low-carb really means, since it's kind of a buzzword, and we want to just clarify that before we start. Well, um, I just wanted to say that there's a difference between low-carb and a ketogenic diet. Low-carb could be any type of carbohydrate restriction um, where maybe you lower your carbohydrates to 150 grams, maybe it's 10 grams a day. Um, that There's a really wide variety, and that's why studies are hard to, um, you know, when you look at studies, you have to look at what was the carbohydrate restriction, why did it work or why didn't it work, where ketogenic is really 
much more defined because a lot of times people do low carb and they'll do too much protein, which turns into sugar too. But um, that low carb is such a wide um, definition, really. Yeah, and we were you know talking earlier before we got started too about you know sugar and inflammation and yeah you know now we're really starting to realize that it's the refined carbohydrates like white flour and sugar and processed foods that are really causing problems, which is why I think low carb is kind of taking off, not so much as a fad, but as a sustainable plan for a lot of people. But uh, tell us a little bit about how you got into this field and what drew you specifically to a lower carb plan. Um, well, I, I grew up overweight, um, in, uh, middle school, high school, and, um, I started running marathons and I went to school. I went to college for exercise physiology and I, um, I was running marathons at the time. I was, um, eating my whole grains and, you know, fueling my, you know, doing all the carbo loading and all of that type of stuff. And, uh, I just, I wasn't feeling good. I had IBS, um, lots of different issues. And, um, I started to add in the nutrition part, but I was just frustrated that, you know, the whole, um, food pyramid wasn't working for me. And so I did a lot of research and I ended up connecting with Dr. William Davis of Wheat Belly and Dr. Pearl Mutter. And, you know, just looking into the facts that a lean human body is 74% fat and 26% protein by calories. And fats are a structural part of every single cell and the preferred source of the mitochondria um, and the mitochondria is that, that powerhouse part of your cell. Um, and it's, it's interesting that, you know, even babies, they, um, they're naturally in a ketosis state immediately after birth. If they're breastfed, um, formula fed is more of a sugar based, um, uh, fuel for the, the baby. But it's just interesting that, you know, we're born into this ketogenic state. You know, why do we have to change that? And, you know, it just made sense to me that this was the right way for uh, me, and this is what I was going to try to help clients with. So, I mean, so you got into low carb, and then how did you find out about ketosis? Well, when I was working with clients with the low carb diet, what would happen is um, I work with a lot of diabetics, obviously, and some. They would get better some, but they still had high blood sugars, even though we were, you know, maybe only 10 carbohydrates a day, you know, what was going on and realizing that you can't store protein. You either uh, use it or lose it. Um, everything else turns into sugar at that point. So even, you know, people are like, what? Protein turns into sugar? Yeah, you can't, you can't store it. There's no uh, metabolic uh, process of doing that, whatever an excess turns into sugar. So, okay. So if complex carbohydrates are just glucose molecules hooked together in a long chain and protein turns into sugar, what's left? Well, fat. And again, um, with that, you know, our brain is over 60% fat, our cells, you know, why shouldn't our diet mimic that? So I guess that's how I went from the low carb to the, the ketogenic diet. So were you working in a hospital or did you, how did, where did you get started? No, I just have an office out of my own home. Um, and you know, just with, uh, you know, it was the diabetic clients that really pointed me out that, you know, cause a lot of people were healing with, you know, going low carbohydrate, whether it be, but I, it's not just low carbohydrate that I, I practice in my office. It's, um, we cut out in, you know, um, what, uh, the common allergens, you know, gluten, um, the, you know, we, we cut that out and a lot of dairy, um, and, most people heal really well. It was just, why are there blood? I was just so puzzled. And I would lay awake at night, like, why aren't their blood sugars getting better? And, um, you know, why aren't they healing? And, um, so that's why I went to the, the whole next step. Okay. Um, 
Is there anyone you've seen that, like any population, you think it's maybe not a good idea for? Um, there is um, a rare population, and it is it is quite rare there where. Um, there the the t3 and the t4 you know it's not just it, for thyroid that's what i'm discussing um and in women only um that it doesn't work well for but it again it's rare um i don't see it often so i do have my clients get that a uh, full panel thyroid test done so we can find out if they are a good candidate for you know keto adapted but you know honestly like if you don't want to get the blood test done go by your symptoms if you're not feeling better on this diet while you're doing a well formulated um you know then then it's not for you go by your symptoms rather than um you know just doing a, a you know medical test if you, you know that works well you gotta listen to your body. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, Maria, are you still? Do you think a ketogenic diet for some people or for you personally is sustainable long term? Oh, absolutely. Uh, my whole family, we are, um, you know, a grain free, paleo, ketogenic family. Um, you know, even my young kids, and they prefer it. It's funny how. Um, I have a three and a four year old and it's a joke that <laughs> we have a video of Kai running away from us, chasing him with a naughty cookie. And he's like, no beef, beef. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just, you know, that's our, it's our lifestyle. We love it. I really enjoy cooking and, um, it, it's really what we crave to eat too. So I guess, um, a lot of times, the sugar cravings go away for people. So, you know, uh, it helps with that. And, and just to clarify for everyone, what, what's your kind of definition of a, a ketogenic diet? Um, it's a very high fat, moderate protein, low carbohydrate diet. Um, is that, is that a good definition? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was wondering specifically if you, you know, do you, manage carbohydrate counting or, you know, are, is it something more that you just go by how you feel now? Oh, I, I guess I don't do the math myself when I'm eating, but when I do make meal plans, yeah, they're, they're definitely, they're all, um, the macronutrients are broken down. The percentages are broken down, um, for each meal, um, just so you get in that right ratio. Um, so you do stay in ketosis, but everybody does have a different, it, it depends a lot on how much, how much mitochondria you have. It depends on how much muscle you have, how, depending on how high your protein and carbohydrate, uh, levels can go. Like some people can tolerate more carbohydrates than other others. And you've seen that with your clients. Um, you know, every, everybody's so different and, um, some people can stay on ketosis with more carbohydrates than others, but we start very, very low at about 10 grams and then um, add in, you know, you find out what your tolerance is. You can check your ketones if you want, um, but you can definitely tell when you're in ketosis versus, you know, if you're a sugar burner, if you're, you know, burning fat. And what's interesting is even an athlete with very little body fat, you have about... 30,000 calories from fat stored where if you're running on glucose, you only have 2,500 calories of glucose. So that's why marathon runners hit the wall. Um, have you heard anything about the ska runner who does the ultra marathons? No. Um, there's this man who calls himself the ska runner and there was an ultra marathon, one of the hundred mile marathons. Uh-huh. And not only, and he's a, he's in ketosis, you know, he's trying to debunk the low, low, you know, you can't run marathons in ketosis. He not only won that marathon, but he broke the record by 21 minutes. Wow. So (laughs) it's it's just showing that, you know, your, your, your body can fuel with all of this energy. We have all of this fat energy that we can tap into, but not only until you stop burning sugar can you tap into that, that, um, the keto ketones for burning energy? Yeah. I mean, I remember when I used to run, I ran two half marathons and 
after like 45 minutes, you just like, you, you had to eat one of those things or like you would really fall apart. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of those goo crappy things or something. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine you would do that now. Oh no. But, uh, but yeah, you, you really actually, you had to have something. It was crazy. Uh, yeah. So I wonder, one thing that's always this kind of like, cause you know, we live in this toxic world and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, I feel like one thing that never has quite like sat well with me is like, I love vegetables and I mean, I put lots of butter on them and, and all that, but I, it feels weird to me to restrict like broccoli or some, or, or, you know, these vegetables that are so good for you. How, how do you reconcile that in your own practice? Well, I, I I wouldn't argue that broccoli is is bad either. And again, like everybody has a different tolerance and the more, you know, if you have a lot of broccoli, the more fat that you can match with that will keep your, your ratios good. So I wouldn't say that those are totally knocked out, but I do show charts of, um, herbs and, a lot of like nutrients that we don't are like that are filled with the phytonutrients that you could find in, um, say an orange, you know, everybody argues how, you know, an orange has vitamin C and well, I would say that, okay, so that your cells have, um, like this phagocytic index where it can either take up vitamin C or it can take up, um, sugar and, you know, an orange will also have sugar in it. So to get that, vitamin C up there, why don't we use an herb like oregano or something that's very high in vitamin C other than that? And so I do a lot of, um, I, I add a lot of herbs to the meal plans. I know it sounds crazy, but you know, like some awesome organic herbs and then you hide them in things like meatloaf and chili and, you know, like parsley, it's pretty bland. You hide a lot of that in there. It's a wonderful source. And, um, you know, just not saying that you, you can't, you know, broccoli is a hard one to argue with, you know, <laughs> um, but I, I would say that we're just going to um, find out what your level is and how much, um, well, it's, how also, it's also not forever, right? I mean, you can always add it back in once you get into ketosis like that, right? Yeah, as long as it doesn't knock you out, for sure. Yep. You can figure out what your range oh. is. Yeah. Um, so another, one more thing. What, what do you think uh, some of the biggest challenges that are people say, oh, well, this just, you know, ketogenic diets or low-carb diets, it just wasn't for me. Like, why, why do you think that they – why do they have such big challenges? Um, I, I always like to refer to it as like a well-formulated uh you know, low carb, you know, ketogenic diet. Cause a lot of times people they'll do, um, low carb, but they'll grab like those low carb wraps or something like that, that, you know, has gluten in it. Gluten's the protein found in those. So that's why it's technically low carb, but you know, it, it has a lot higher gluten in it than, um, causing that inflammation, the autoimmune response, you know, all of that type of stuff. Um, I guess developing science is proving that, you know, our, our brain prefers ketones and, you know, we, we heal a lot with the high fat type of a diet. Um, I guess my, my father was in, um, uh, Alaska and he met, um, a lot of Inuits that were caribou hunters and they knew that they would starve on, um, just caribou alone because it wasn't high in fat enough. Um, so I just thought it was interesting that, you know, they were basically in a ketogenic diet because he said that they didn't have a lot of, um, they, you know, they, they had a lot of canned foods and uh, produce, things like that, but, uh, they basically lived on a lot of like high fat salmon and, um, a higher, higher fat or fattier foods. I guess the dogma that low fat, it's so ingrained in us. It's hard to convince people that, um, it's not impossible to do, or it's not the wrong thing to do to cut all of the fat out. But if you show them that, you know, the complex carbohydrates are basically glucose molecules hooked together in a long chain, um, 
and that the digestive tract breaks it down into sugar. And we all know that sugar is inflammation and inflammation is the stem of all diseases. So that's something that we should limit. But then if you also point out that protein, you can't store that. You only can use so much at a time. So finding out what, you know, your body needs is, and there's a definite, you know, math algorithm that you could use to find out how much protein is, you know, enough for your body weight. And then what's left is the, there's only three macronutrients. So what's left is there's fat. And again, you know, with our body being so high in fat, or, you know, what I was saying about the, the human body being 74% fat, why don't we mimic that and see how you feel on that? And um, doing it, though, with, you know, making... What happens is a lot of people... You lose a lot of water weight right away, and that's the whole, you know, you, oh, I lost so much weight right away. Uh, what happens is you lose so much water weight. And with that water weight goes a lot of magnesium and potassium. And when you're low in potassium, that's that heavy legs, um, you're, you feel tired um so what can people do to to help that well hydration is very important but not only that you need to get a lot of extra salt in your diet for um you know increasing that energy if you think about the packaged foods or even like a piece of bread it has a lot of sodium in it and when you're making your own foods at home you're totally in control of that salt and not people don't add a lot of salt to their food or they're buying um, things that, uh, I can't even remember, like accent. Do you remember that stuff? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the no salt salt and what, you know, it's just MSG. It's just and, like, it's just like fat. They think it's bad too. So they're afraid to put salt in their food. Or, yep. And I mean, high, of course, I'm sure you recommend high quality mineral salt. Absolutely. Absolutely. That and bone broth. I know you're a miracle bone broth worker and, you know, getting that bone broth in there is filled with magnesium and potassium and calcium and all of this stuff that, you know, incorporating that in the right way um, can be super helpful with that low energy when you start a low carb diet or, you know, if you're, again, when you're losing magnesium and potassium, all of that. So, I think another problem is that people get so, um, like, they may just think, oh, I'll have a bite of this, a bite of that, and they're not really doing it. And then they think it's not working. It's like, well, you're not really, Mm -hmm. you can't get into the zone if you're not, if you're having a bite of toast and, you know, um, so, and and you also have to give it a few weeks for it to, to, to feel right. Yeah, don't expect to run a marathon that first two weeks. You're going to feel awful. Well, you were talking earlier about, you know, some, the paleo wraps and, you know, now that we're talking about kind of that low carb might not work for certain people, what are some other kind of low carb diet mistakes that you see commonly? Um. Yeah, grabbing those low-carb wraps is a big mistake. Um, And honestly, you know, I think a lot of people, they'll ask me, okay, so all of these rules that you have, is it more important for me to cut out gluten or is it more important for me to stay low-carbohydrate or cut out dairy or what is it? And um, it is a combination of everything. You can't eat the, um, you know, the Ezekiel bread that has, you know, gluten in it. If, you know, you're having an autoimmune response to that. And most of the time I, I totally cut out gluten and, and everybody that I see and the amazing like results with like the, um, fibromyalgia and different things like that are really important. But also, you know, again, the low carb mistake is going too high in protein. That's a huge one. I should have started with that. But, um, you know, people still being afraid of that. They're, they're so ingrained with that low fat dogma that, so they cut out the carbohydrates and they eat all lean proteins, whether it be, you know, um, shrimp and fish and, um, you know, the egg white omelets. And it's like, no, the, the yolks have the choline, you know, like throw the whites out. (laughs) The whites are the allergen, you know, the yolks are the good part. Um, so 
I guess the biggest mistake is going too high in protein or, you know, almost like a hundred percent protein and no, no fat that would um, cause them to not be successful. Yeah. You know, I, I see that a lot in my practice. I, I get a lot of women, especially who are, come to me saying paleo is not working for me. I gain, <sighs> you know, I'm gaining weight by the day doing paleo. And yeah. I think people use a lower carb plan as an excuse to eat bacon, tons of bacon at every meal and make it a meat based diet. And yeah. I really don't feel like the human body is meant to thrive on a meat based diet. There has to be really, uh, you know, more emphasis on yeah. the minerals from vegetables and the fats and, and the other macronutrients. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I have been getting a lot of questions about, uh, this potato starch. Have you heard about this? Um, I have not. Okay. And now it's like, um, it's this, if you read on free the animal, uh, he's talking all about this unmodified resistant starch, Mm. potato starch. Have you read anything about that, Maria? I, 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 about a year ago, um, it, it came across. Yes. I had an athlete I was working with was saying that it's like a super star. It's a super, I don't know, something or other. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess it's new on the scene and a lot of people are talking about it. So, um, I, I want to try it out just to, you know, yeah. What's the point behind it? Well, it's supposed to feed your good bacteria and yeah. So I must be mistaken. Then you must be talking about something else and it doesn't. Um, and, and people say it helps you lose weight and it's, it helps with blood glucose and all this stuff. So I was just hearing about Hmm. it this week and on Facebook and stuff. So, um, I'll try that and let you guys know. (laughs) Interesting. So, um, what do you think are some ways that you can get started on low carb? Like what's, what's like the first step to get started on a low carb ketogenic plan? Well, I guess, you know, just start to look at your diet and, um, start to read labels if uh you know if you're eating a lot of like packaged foods everything you know from a package is you know compromised in some way you know so look at that maybe step back and you know invest in a slow cooker you know i have three of them i use them all the time (laughs) Um, makes life so much easier especially you know when you're working all the time i didn't really understand when clients would complain to me that they didn't have time to cook until kids came into the picture because i i still always made time when it was just my husband and i but when kids come into the play especially because i prepared like bone broth for my my uh, son, when um, he was still, um, when he was being breastfed, we did bone broth too. Um, I had a friend uh, breast milk for me. So that was wonderful. We we adopted two children. So if you're like, I'm kind of going around. So I thought, oh, if somebody knows that I didn't have my own children and I am breastfeeding, what, you know, Um, but anyway, I'm kind of going around. The, um, so you have you adopted children? Yes. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we have two little ones right now. I saw their picture. They're so cute. <laughs> so they we had to get them out of the house during this podcast because I didn't want you to to hear them screaming during the day. But um, I I'm totally some other, for, some other tips like for people who oh, want to get started. Yeah. Yeah, and so invest in a slow cooker. Look at like some of the things you're buying, like marinara sauce. You, store-bought marinara, you know, they use like they pick really green tomatoes. So by the time they get to a plant, um, you know, they they ripen and stuff, but they don't have a lot of flavor. So they had to add a lot of sugar and they usually have vegetable oils in there and, um, you know, soybean oil. So, you know, just stepping back and thinking, you know, maybe I could do this or maybe find another brand, you know, 70% of our sugar consumptions, you know, hidden under an iceberg, basically, you know, you don't even see 
the, the sugar amount that you're getting. So, um, you know, start to read labels like, you know, Prego Marinara, you know, let's get a better one. Um, just starting to look at where all of these hidden carbohydrates are coming from. And an easy way to remember that carbohydrates lead to an increase in blood and liver fat is to look at the French delicacy frog gras, you know, fatty liver. Um, they basically, in Roman times, they would feed the um, animal figs, you know, to, to the goose to help their liver fatten up even more. And the same thing happens to humans. So stepping back and looking at, you know, what carbohydrates to cut out. I'm not saying, you know, cut out broccoli and that type of stuff, but, um, you know, things like those fat-free pretzels, they're higher on the glycemic index than jelly beans. I mean, and that's something that I thought was healthy when I was a kid. I was like, oh, fat-free pretzels, you know, I didn't really like them, but I thought, oh, they have to be good for you. Yeah, that was always our snack with anything fat-free. Yep. yep. Vance, you know, we were talking about sugars earlier. What is your take on sweeteners and which ones would you recommend? Um, I'm a, I'm a fan of stevia. Um, but, you know, again, um, after a while... The, I hear this time and time again, you know, when you're, when you're a sugar burner, you constantly crave that sugar. And when you get to be a fat burner, those, um, and in ketosis, a lot those cravings totally go away. But I, you know, Sevi is something that we, we use in our house. Um, so, and I did want to say, you know, another, um, tip for people going low carb is just, it, it takes uh, on average like 16 days to change a habit. So if you think of today, you know, you can do anything for 16 days, right? You know, we, we endured harder things. And if you just give yourself 16 days to try to change something by then it becomes a habit, hopefully. And you know, things get a bit easier. Yeah. I, I always tell people 21 days, but I guess 16 oh. days makes, makes more sense. Maybe. <laughs> 16 days to get through the low carb flu, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's, a, that's what it is. But you know, they're just like changing those habits and, um, you know, just getting out of those ruts that we get, everyone gets stuck in them, you know, and just being empowered to, to change something. Well, even with, you know, some of my client, I mean, I've just noticed with human psychology, maybe that restricting something for so long can, especially with women can lead to binge behavior or obsession with certain foods. And even if they're not necessarily having sugar cravings, I, I often think that if they, you know, happen to really like dark chocolate, say for example, but don't necessarily, uh, have a problem with it, but the more they restrict it, the more they obsess over it. So I often, you know, try to think of healthy ways to, for people to still be able to incorporate. Yeah. But that's why I, I love like working in the kitchen and cooking food and, and, you know, like creating, you know, I, I have like keto, um, truffles and different things <laughs> like that. They're just, um, bombs. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, just trying to recreate some of those, um, things so people don't feel deprived is really important for me. Cause I do want everyone to succeed. It's really important. Like I told you, I, I lay awake at night, like, why isn't this working? Or, you know, it does frustrate me when, um, you know, something doesn't work and the tests are coming back that, you know, everything is fine. And, um, I do think about that, but you know, another thing is when people keep cheating or like you said, have a bite of this and have a bite of that. And it's like, no, if you're gonna, if you really need a a dessert, I want you to make this flourless chocolate tort and keep it in individual pieces in your freezer. And if you need something, you take that out and you get to enjoy every bite and don't feel guilty about it. And it works. It really does. But the problem is, is when you get peer pressure from family and friends or, you know, any things like that. Um, it's all about being prepared, right? I mean, if you brought yeah. the chocolate tort, I bet everyone else would enjoy it too, to the party. Right? <laughs> yep. I have Absolutely. Uh, holidays, I am requested to bring a few different desserts and different, you know, um, gluten-free, you know, grain-free breads and low-carb breads and, you know, stuff so they can try it. And they, it's often like welcomed with surprise, like, wow, <laughs> okay, I guess you guys do eat good stuff. You're not living off of 
kale chips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I we saw, love those. I saw that um, that you one of your popular recipes is the hamburger helper. That looks really yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> With the eggplants? Yeah. Yeah, that is a hit. So what are some of your tips for people who aren't seeing results? I mean, aside from, you know, to that's always one of my big tips is that they're probably not registering things that they're eating, but what other kind of pitfalls do you see if people are feel like they're doing everything right but aren't getting there? Well, um, I do like to cut out uh, dairy. I think dairy, you know, because that's a lot of low carb recipes have a lot of dairy in them. And, um, cutting dairy is a huge one, not only just gluten, but dairy also. And (laughs) I also, uh, often suggest cutting nuts too. Um, and then if it's still not working, we look at those tests. And a lot of times when people are, you know, low in energy, they're not feeling better, low ferritin or low iron. I know you guys are familiar with that, but uh, for your listeners, you know, iron's not getting into the cell properly. That's going to cause you to be, you know, really tired. A lot of women deal with this, whether it be because of a damaged, um, you know, leaky gut or, um, the heavy menstrual cycles, athletes deal with this with uh, heavy exercising. Um, so, you know, stepping back to find out, you know, maybe there's something else that is causing the results to not be there. Um, what do you think about the, I was just reading the paleo mom's new book and she had a little section about insulin that, that dairy is so insulinogenic and, you know, like you said, it's so, so prevalent in low carb diets. What do you mm-hmm. think about that? Um, even lactose free dairy she was referring to. I didn't read this yet. <laughs> um, I, I think it was pretty, yeah, maybe it was more, more so the milk. Like- yeah. Cause I, you know, I cut out, you know, all milks, you know, we do either the almond or the coconut milk, depending on if they can tolerate nuts or not. But, um, you know, we cut out all the lactose, but things like, you know, uh, organic butter, you know, even that, even though that's an MCT oil, organic butter is something that I suggest if you're not losing weight on a ketogenic diet to cut that out because, um, you know, it, you digest dairy at the end of your villi. And if you have a damaged villi, which a lot of people do after, um, you know, I did, I was guilty of this too. I had a really junky diet as a kid and, um, so I'm not judging when I say that, but if you're living off of packaged foods or if you're on acid blockers or thing like that and you have uh, a damaged intestine, you're probably not digesting dairy very well because, again, you're, you digest it at the end of the villi. So let's heal that villi. Maybe you can have dairy again, but I don't recommend lactose. That is very uh, – the sugar in lactose is, you know, like a glass of milk turns into – I you know – I don't even know, four, te- four um, teaspoons of sugar in your blood, and it's just way too much. Yeah, it was, yeah um, the, the butter thing is big because I have a lot of people coming to me doing this bulletproof coffee where yeah. one of my clients was eating over a stick of butter a day just in coffee. <laughs> so, and, and that's yeah. another thing, too. The liquid calories don't really register those hormones that tell you to stop eating. So I'm not a huge fan of the liquid calories, even if it is MCT oils. I'd rather have clients chew their food. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just yeah, wanted to say it's just that's a great point. But that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier is that I think a lot of people are really excited to find ketogenic diets or paleo diets because it's licensed for them to eat all the meat and fat that they want. And just <laughs> the body doesn't really work like that. No, 800 calories, a stick of butter, you know, it's, it's still 800 calories. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. What about your take on on like someone doing the 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 fatty coffee in the morning and mm-hmm. not eating and you know do you, does that work for your clients that the long periods without fat, I mean without protein? Oh, like the the fasting, the intermittent fasting? Yeah. Well, if you go over 50 calories, that fast is broken, whether it be from, you know, fat or not. So if you stick to under 50 calories, you're technically still in a fasted state. But 
that's still not a lot of coconut oil or butter in your bulletproof coffee to break that. But again, um, you know, I, I love intermittent fasting for so many reasons, but, um, you know, if you're dealing with someone who's trying to just reach ketosis for, I, I just had a client with seizures, uh, last night and, you know, they're lurking for, um, ketosis for other reasons. She didn't need to lose any weight. Um, so the liquid calories didn't really bother me with her, but most people are looking to lose weight. You know, you know that story. Um, but, so in that case, I would say let's let's skip the liquid calories. Maybe make some keto fudge that you can actually chew or something. <laughs> that's a that's a good point. Um, I didn't know that about the fifty calories. That's interesting. Yeah. Because uh, so many people are, you know, like Mary said, a stick of butter, and then you've got <laughs> you've got. I mean, I don't know, a thousand calories. I mean, I, I've read some of the keto books say to keep your calories in a certain range. And what do you think about that? Um, I I think it's really dependent on the person and their goals. Um, you can stay in ketosis when, you know, you're in a 3000 calorie range, but do you, if you want to lose weight, then it's probably not going to happen in that range, depending on how large you are in your activity level. But, um, there's so many pieces of that puzzle. It's such a loaded question. Um, you know, ketosis is more than just for weight loss. You know, like people dealing with Alzheimer's, the brain can't, it can no longer use glucose for energy. And what other fuel source could we use? Ketones. Um, so in that case, you know, bring on the liquid calories or the, the coconut oil to get that brain fueled properly. You know, who cares about their weight right now? Let's just get those, those ketones flowing. But, um, I guess I haven't really read a lot. Was that, do you know the name of that book? Um, Knowledge is power. I want more information. Kim Kim talks about it. And then, you know, in Dr. Westman's book, the, the newer, the newest Atkins book, which was, you know, three or four years ago, but it was, he said, you know, if if you, if if it's been a while and you're not losing weight, like cut your calories to like, I don't know, 1800 or something like that. Okay. I mean, it wasn't like, 1200 like they do. okay wait you know yeah i would i would agree with that i would definitely agree with that i thought maybe you were uh i get a lot of clients that do the hcg diet and then they come to me oh gosh me too oh my goodness and i just i don't i mean i don't think anybody would i don't know i don't know it's not it doesn't seem like a long-term solution it doesn't because um, then they all that when i used to have clients that i did it all they talked about was when they were going to finish and i was like yeah okay it's, like that's not yeah. that's not the point well, yeah, uh, make, aside from that, i think it can really screw people up oh i hair loss i mean i mean it's a, yeah <laughs> yeah i i do want to cover we had a few facebook questions and one that came in someone wants to know she's confused about in terms of a low carb diet, what do you consider a good carb versus bad carb versus fiber that I should be getting? Um, I actually wrote a post on my kale chips about fiber and how if you're not eating whole grains, how do you get your fiber and the percentages of, uh, you know, fiber that you can find in different vegetables and how high that can be. But, um, I consider um, a healthy carbohydrate that comes from a plant-based source. Um, uh, so, you know, uh, vegetables um, and low-carb vegetables. Um, you know, we have everything from, you know, cabbage and broccoli. All of those are low-carb. Uh, eggplant, um, herbs are great. So, avocado, yeah, I do eat fruit. I eat avocado, tomatoes, um, <laughs> and you know all of that so i guess you know sticking to the those type of carbohydrates and don't forget that nuts are a carbohydrate too people often they'll grab like all of these nuts and it's a it's a mindless um i have someone that considers almond butter her kryptonite because she just can't stop and um that is yeah yeah so that's another um carbohydrate source so all of those are good um i was just wanted to touch on the nut thing can go overboard really quickly but 
Um, I would say the good carbs are, you know, the, the darker, the, you know, the greens, the better. So if you can, um, get like uh, purple cabbage instead of green cabbage and red leaf lettuce and, you know, that type of stuff. It's, it has a lot of phytonutrients that um, are, you know, going to fuel your cells even better. Well, that's the problem. I think people, you know, think of, you know, iceberg lettuce as a vegetable <laughs> and it's like, you got to <clears throat> dig a little deeper there. And, um, you know, I've read that vegetables have, it's just a huge amount of fiber compared to whole grains, like oh, yeah. double or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, you don't have to eat oatmeal to get your fiber, right? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, old Win- what's his name? Wilford Brimley. <laughs> I'm probably messing that up. But, um, okay, so. Wilford Brimley is the one that talks about diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Diabetes. That's that's who you're talking about. The oatmeal guy. Um. So, tell us, tell our readers, Maria, just some like closing words about you know getting healthy and give them some encouragement. Well, you know, again, um, <laughs> think of it as 16 or 21 days, whatever it is. You know, you're a strong person and you can do anything for that long. And if you don't feel better in that amount of time, you know, then you could have your cheat day after that. But I I guarantee you're going to feel, you know, so much better. You know, you wrote a thing just about eczema. You know, if things aren't clearing up, you're not feeling better, your joints aren't hurting anymore. I mean, just give it that much time, you know, and that's, I just tell people start new habits today. Don't don't wait. And if it has to be baby steps, that's fine. Um, but consider today, you know, day number one, and you know you deserve it. And you know if you have to make time for it, you know just um, you get those slow cookers going. It makes life so much easier. Time management. Um, but. Well, I gotta I, get a I, few more of those. <laughs> well, I just I, I want to say that I read um, that the average American watches five hours of television a day. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and they don't have time to cook, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, put a television in your kitchen and get it going. And I was gonna say, like, one trick I do is, I, I guess not everybody's as lucky as I am, but I have an awesome husband who cleans up dinner while I prepare dinner for the next night. Um, my mom was, she's a wonderful woman, but she was always kind of like, I, I don't know what we're having for dinner. And, um, we would have sometimes like rice with, um, milk in it and cinnamon sugar. <laughs> and that's I would just have a heart attack if my kids ate that for dinner. But, um, my mom, wonderful person, but she was always stressed out about what we're having. And so, um, my trick to always not be stressed out. I don't want to think about it when I'm at work, what, what I'm going to do for dinner. So I always have it prepared the night before. So Craig's cleaning up, doing the dishes while I prepare, even if it's filling the crock pot and I can put that in the fridge and all I have to do is take it out of the fridge in the morning and turn it on. Um, or, um, whatever it is, making meatloaf. My kids love meatloaf. So if I'm going to go through all that trouble I'm going to make three of them and keep two frozen. And then uh, I have a delay timer. So all I have to do is put that frozen meatloaf in the oven and put it on a delay timer for it to finish when I want it to finish during that day. You know? Yeah. Great ideas. I mean, we, we have a whole cow in our freezer, so yeah, just pull out a piece and put some salt and pepper and onion and garlic in the crock pot, like you said, and just... Turn it yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Froze. I put it in frozen. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. Um, so where can people find you, Maria? Where can they find your information about your books and everything? Well, I, I have a website, um, uh, mariamindbodyhealth.com. Lots of free recipes in there and free information on keto adaptation. Um, I have a Facebook um Again, it's Maria Mind Body Health, and uh, I try to post, you know, different tips and tricks like I just told you about the slow cooker and how to make life easier and um, 
even just venting about people can vent there about what's not working. Um, we do answer a lot of questions so you can go there and, um, try to get things figured out and what's maybe not working. And, um, but this is our life. We spend, um, <laughs> we're like nonstop little worker bees that help. Uh, we love, we love to answer people's questions and help them succeed this way. I mean, the, you know, the books are just a side thing. Uh, we really want people to feel better. It's, it's both, um, it, it's our passion. That's great. So your husband helps you in your practice and stuff and your Yes, a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm a very, I don't know, I'm a bonehead when it comes to technology, so he even set this meeting up. I'm just not good at that, but um, I'll answer the question. He asks them, I'll answer them. <laughs> well, that's great. Um, yeah, I, I like how you put, with your recipes, you put like a, a paragraph or two of helpful information, and then you have the recipe. That's really Thank good you. for people. Um, so... Everybody check out Maria's new book. It's called Keto Adapted. Is that right? Yes, yes. And you had um, your you had a plug from Dr. Davis and Dr. Perlmutter. Those are really cool people to have on your book. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so everybody check out MariaMindBodyHealth.com. And get excited about our upcoming guests. We're going to have my friend Karen Sorensen of Living Low Carb One Day at a Time talking about her new book, Squeaky Clean Paleo, and we're also going to talk about egg-free cooking and how to do it if you have an egg sensitivity. So make sure and leave us a review on iTunes, and um, we also have an upcoming show with Stephanie Ruper of Paleo for Women. She's going to be talking about how to increase your sex drive. That'll be our Valentine's show, so we're excited about that. So stay tuned. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye.